spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 197th Annual Subliminal Session Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody Andrew Pal. Phil, how are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, summer, spring, something is upon us. Snow's melting. It's warm out. I could actually not wear a jacket today. It was 80 degrees. Thank you. I'm happy about it. How, uh, how's Phoenix? Hot. Hot. Very hot. It was uh, okay. 100 degrees in my car uh, getting in to go home from work. Uh, both days, 100 degrees on my little thermometer deal on the dash, so. Okay, so you're getting uncomfortable, I'm getting comfortable, this is the, uh, this is how planet Earth works, but um, I wanted to say something real quick, uh, this show has finally um, came to fruition in my life outside of the podcast, so last Thursday, okay. I was doing some um, trivia at a brewery, right? And there was some questions that I only knew because of information on this show that we've talked about. So thankfully, I was able to assist with, you know, four or five points. Uh, we didn't win, but I there was some information that luckily, because of this show, I was able to answer those questions. So if anybody tells you this isn't educational, they're full of shit. <laughs> definitely so what were uh what were some of the questions like what was uh, the subjects well one was like what did spanish peasants used to refer to nobility or something like that and i was like oh yeah. blue bloods um and then there was like when did america get puerto rico uh you covered ah, it kind of yep you you covered or that 99 but yeah yeah you covered that spanish-american war and uh, yeah, there's those are like the two that stick out to me. Again, yeah. the UFO museum came up for a second time at trivia, so I uh, I felt pretty good. I knew <laughs> knew where that was. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's kind of funny because sometimes people will bring up topics that you know they think all of a sudden you can see it in their eyes that they like, oh shit, I shouldn't be bringing this up because no one's going to want to talk about it. And then you just fucking light up the conversation with shit that, you know, I had studied or you had talked about like for an episode. Yeah. So that, that's always pretty fun. Finding other weird people, you know, yeah. on earth is, is always good. There's nothing worse than talking to someone you think is going to be cool and then finding out they're just kind of a square. You're just like, yeah. oh, boring. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then you got to talk about like normal stuff, like the Kardashians oh. or some shit like that. Oh, really? Huh? You own a motorcycle. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fun. That's, that's cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. your truck. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you own a motorcycle. Yeah. Had it lifted. I had it lifted. I suppose. Ooh. Yep. Oh, of course you did. You get truck nuts. You got truck nuts on there. That's what I always nuts, ask right? them. That's what I always ask them. And they say they lifted their vehicle. I said, it's not complete unless you've got truck nuts on there and I will hear nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> 
it is funny when you see like a grown man like someone in their like early 40s late 30s who has like a subaru with like ground effects and you know like the the spoiler and shit like the the grill and everything kind of like like uh dude you got better things to be spending your money on like 401k come on like, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's speed up that you know you're not gonna be driving this thing when you're 75 and eating dog food you know you know what you I'm going to rebuttal you. You got to live a little because you never know when you might be dead. That's true. But also the scary thing, we might be halfway. Only halfway. That's scary. Only halfway. That's how you're looking at it, huh? Yeah. We're only halfway to being dead. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Before I can get some fucking sleep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've been eating. I swear to God, dude. Like, the older I get, the more my bacon consumption goes up. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's take a couple of minutes off the back end. <laughs> you're developing you're developing your own back fat now you've been eating so much uh, goddamn bacon, <laughs> Phil. No, oh, yeah, that, that too, a little bit. But the back end, yeah. Get it off of the uh, the back 18 there, or the back nine, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So um, you had something you wanted to talk about, right? Oh yeah, I just I know you said you didn't watch it, but uh everyone's been talking about it, so I had to watch it. It was actually very good show up until the last episode. Last episode kind of sucked. You could skip it if you wanted to, but <laughs> the show Beef on Netflix with uh a- Ali Wong and uh, Stephen Young from uh Walking Dead as you told me uh when we were looking these guys up. Very good show. Uh yeah. I mean, it's it's funny and it's got a lot of, you know, like kind of fun and there's parts in it where you're just like like shit you know like where kind of makes you cringe a little bit for the sum of the shit they do but it's a good show okay all right so recommended by phil check out beef on netflix so it is predominantly a comedy yeah it's mostly comedy yeah a dramedy basically dramedy a little bit okay dramedy yeah i um i watched m night Shyamalan's new movie over the weekend, A Knock at the Cabin Door. I think that's what it's called. Uh, starring John, or is it John Batista? David Batista. Oh, Dave Batista. Yeah. It's pretty good. Free on Peacock right now. Oh, I, it's on Peacock. Yeah. Okay. I'm always a little wary of uh, movies. It, uh, I mean, they've definitely, I mean, it's it, they're just not my cup of tea since uh, well, the the sixth sense you know that was a fucking classic great movie but then ever since then they've kind of gone down a little bit it's not i wouldn't say it's a horror movie it's more of a suspense movie so maybe um hmm. and it's dealing with the end of the world so it's pretty good ah, ooh a little bit of sci-fi in there then yeah okay oh yeah all right nice well okay. um speaking of the end of the world are you ready for this week's episode Money segue. Let's hit yeah. it. <laughs> You'll see that won't become apparent immediately, but it will about, uh, I don't know, halfway, maybe a quarter way through the episode. Okay. On this week's episode of Sub D, we will be diving into the world of psychics. Moreover, a very famous psychic that had appeared on several large na- named daytime television shows. Now, many of our listeners have probably witnessed this woman displaying her psychic abilities on TV, but the question that we all want to know is how much validity can we actually give her 
Was she able to actually speak with the dead, see the dead, what have you, or foresee future events that nobody else can? Or, finally, is she just a really good charlatan? That's kind of what we want to get to the uh, the bottom of here. Now, the lady's name is Sylvia Brown. Have you heard of this young lady, Phil? I believe I have. So... God, I mean, maybe when I was a kid, I remember watching. We we only had network televisions, three channels. So I do believe I saw her during the summer on some of those daytime TV, like the talk shows you're talking about. But um, I always like a good psychic. We do an episode on Miss Cleo yep. uh, trying to figure out uh, her game, the charlatan game there. So she, uh, I don't want to discredit all psychics because I think, I don't know. I've been fascinated by some people, but I definitely yeah. think there's a lot more charlatans. And Sylvia herself claims that her industry is filled to the brim with con artists. So um, that's straight oh, from the straight yeah. from the horse's mouth. We're, we got a few clips of her that um, I think it might ring a bell in your head once you hear her voice. But uh, we got a we got a little bit of uh, a ways before we get there. I, this is going to be okay. a fun episode, guys, so buckle the fuck in here. <laughs> All right. Sylvia Celeste Shoemaker was born on October 19th, 1936 in Kansas City, Missouri. Most people will recognize her by the name Sylvia Brown. Now, Sylvia would end up getting married four separate times throughout her life. It was her mm. second marriage to Kenzel Brown, that she would then forever keep her surname or his surname, I guess. Um, except she changed it from just Brown and she added an E to it. I don't know if that was to like class it up a little bit. I don't I don't know why she did that, but she don't did try it. to class it up dirt. <laughs> now Sylvia's father was named William Lee, and her mother's name was Celeste. Sylvia was raised in a mostly catholic household this is a little confusing because she claims it's a mostly catholic household but her mother is episcopalian and her father was jewish uh but for some reason she chose to go i don't know if it's right down the middle like i'm just gonna be catholic i'll meet you you guys halfway i don't know um but as we're gonna find out religion is extremely important to sylvia Throughout her life. Okay, interesting. So was there like a, I don't know if, was there a Catholic influence in her life or did she just really like repression? Is that kind of, you know, was that her game? Um, Her freewheeling Episcopalian mother. She just didn't like that. I'm not really that familiar with Episcopalian. Maybe her mother was born that and then she became Catholic but also her dad mm. was Jewish. I don't know if he became Catholic or if she just felt the most centered around Catholic. I don't really know. But Catholic is like her thing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I So I've only ever met one person in my life who, as an adult, chose to convert to Catholicism. And I kind of asked him, like, because he went to, like, he was going to classes and he was, like, meeting with the priest and doing all this stuff. And I asked him one time. This was when I was in college back in like 2007, 2008. I asked him like, dude, just go to church. Just, you know, 
follow everyone else. When they kneel, you kneel. When they stand, you stand. Just learn all the songs and you're in. You know, there's no, and he's like, oh, I want to get, you know, I want to actually get, you know, put in through all the rituals and everything. But I told him, I was like, dude, just go. Like, if you believe it, you know, if you put money in the till, they don't mind. You know, yeah, you don't got to be con- the bread. You don't got to be confirmed or anything. Just give him some money. Exactly. That's basically if you're a kid, that's, you know, they're trying to get you roped into it. If you want to rope yourself into it, they're fine. It's It's all good, you know? Yeah. Go get your cracker and your your grape juice and kneel and stand and sit and r- read um, the songs. No, hardly anybody sings. They're mostly just like mumbling with the organ that's playing. That's what I've noticed. With it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just going, on eagles wing. That's all you do. I would say, I would say it's. I've never actually been to one of their services, but I imagine going to a synagogue and trying to kind of cosplay as Jewish. That one would be pretty hard because I'm pretty sure there's you 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 have to learn. Um, God, you have to read from the Torah in order to get your either bar mitzvah or the bat mitzvah. You have to kind of know some of the like their rituals are a little bit more you know in depth, more than just standing and kneeling and sitting at the right times, that kind of deal, which a lot of people fuck up. People who have been Catholic their whole life, fucking, you see them go for the kneeling when they should be standing or, you know, sitting when they should be kneeling, that sort of shit. So so you're saying it's more difficult to infiltrate a synagogue. Like if I, like tomorrow, I'm just like, hey, I want to go to the synagogue and check this shit out. They'll smell me. They can just tell I don't belong there. Well, no, I mean, it's just by, you know, I think I'm not saying it would be, you know, impossible. But what I'm saying is it would be to a cold start to all of a sudden start going to a Catholic church for mass and compare as compared to going to like, you know, hanging out with the hanging out in the synagogue, trying to follow along, trying to figure out you know, not fucking up. I would think it would be easier to be Catholic. Though, because I was born and raised Catholic and had to go to that fucking place for so many years, I probably just think it's easy in my head. So yeah. an outsider might think it's harder. Yeah, you, I just realized that. You and I have, I might have a bias. You and I have learned the fucking ropes of Catholic in and out. Unfortunately, we were kind of forced to do that. Yeah, not kind of forced. Yeah, definitely for it was every week <laughs> it was an hour we, we talked about this at over easter uh, me and my brother and my sister it was an hour every morning and then we had to go to church on fridays and we had to pray four times a day fucking right away in the morning before lunch after lunch and before we fucking left so that's quite some indoctrination there yeah and then they wonder why we're all atheists but uh exactly <laughs> yeah all except right. for Anne rant but true yeah. true Anyway, continuing on here. So, according to Sylvia, her psychic abilities started when she was only three years old. As a young girl, she was, you know, confused. She didn't really understand these powers. But luckily, according to her, the psychic bloodline runs deep in her family. Allegedly, the psychic gene has ran back 300 years in her lineage. So, that's pretty cool. Uh, her grandma was a psychic medium, and her gra- because of this, grandma 
was able to kind of guide Sylvia and help her understand her powers. Sylvia's great uncle was also a psychic medium and was a, quote, rabid about UFOs. So that's kind of fun. Uh, her son, Christopher Dufresne, uh, apparently he also has the gift. So he is sharing with his mother's psychic abilities. He's kind of trying to just, um, you know, she's out, he's in. That's what they're trying to do. He's trying to just take over mom's business. So, okay. Fortunately for him, he has a power. I don't know if it's psychic or something else, but he has it. Did, did they did they mention the power, or is it just kind of like your basic what you think of as a you know psychic? The power is um, being able to talk to dead people, being okay. able to kind of locate missing people. Um, being able to see into the future, see prophecies. Um, like if you were like, Hey, am I going to get married in the next three years? Sylvia would say yes or no, that type of thing. Ooh, that was, that was okay. So remember when we talked about the guy who invented chiropractics, the the lady, uh, his wife, the lady that he ran around with, she was big into that. Uh, she would help people find like lost keys and she would figure out, like, if the person that a woman was dating was going to ask them to marry them. or That was a big thing like back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay, well, uh, this is, I mean, more or less what Sylvia does. We're, we're going to go through, like, some of her predictions and some of her mm-hmm. readings. We're going to listen to audio of her giving um, people readings to their questions. So you'll kind of get an idea of like what she's like, I guess. We're just kind of talking about where her powers allegedly come from, I guess. This is in her her self-written biography, by the way. So um, take it with a grain of salt. Flying off the shelves, I imagine. Yes. (laughs) Now, in addition to Sylvia's family kind of helping her with her psychic abilities, apparently from a very young age... Um, she also learned that she had a spirit guide. Now, her spirit guide was named Francine. Francine, like I said, um, showed herself to Sylvia at a very young age. Now, from the sources I was looking at, depending on which book you read, the age that Sylvia appeared in front of her ranges from three years old to 18 years old. So, um... She isn't real good at, like, keeping concise information. You know what I mean? Quite the gap there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Francine, apparently, her real name is actually Lena. And uh, Francine is actually a ancient Aztec uh, Indian. So that is where Francine comes from, I guess. Now, Sylvia... You know, if you're ever wondering, hey, do I have a spirit guide? Can I find my spirit guide? How do I find them? Well, Sylvia actually published a book titled Contacting Your Spirit Guide. Uh, it's available <laughs> on Amazon for $19.13. Quite a deal. Okay. Now, this isn't the only book that Sylvia would publish throughout her life. She actually has over 40 books and is a 22 times New York Times bestseller. 
Yeah. Okay. Holy shit. So her books. Well, okay. So there is a little bit of a cheat where if you have to buy your own books back, you might get on that list. But if, I mean, if those are legit sales, then she's actually fucking killing it. Like, but you did say she was on a lot of those talk shows. Yes. So yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good. I, I will. Honestly, I will say I am sorry, Sylvia, that, uh, you know, 40 books. That's a lot. So she, I'll tell there you, are, there are some of those Amazon authors, though, who have shelled out 40 fucking books. You know, it only took them 40 weeks to write those 40, <laughs> but they're not. They're kind of like the Elron Hubbard first draft, best draft situations, <laughs> I imagine. So um, let me read you a few of her book titles to and you let me know if these are books you might purchase. So um, here's some titles. All Pets Go to Heaven. The not Stinkfoot. <laughs> the Two Marys. Um, after lives of the rich and famous and my personal mm. favorite end of days, predictions and prophecies. So she's kind of got a broad spectrum of, um, interesting categories, I guess you could read from. Yeah, they are. I mean, so nowadays we would call this kind of clickbaity, like some of these titles, these, like these are kind of like pull you in titles, not so much the two Marys, maybe for religious people, but all pets go to heaven. Uh, if you lost a pet, maybe, you know, you'd want to think about that. Afterlives of the rich and famous, obviously a very clickbaity thing on the Internet, you know, trying to get you to think about like celebrities and shit and end of days. That's a huge one. A lot of people worry about that. Yeah. Shit. Oh, she has a lot of books about God and stuff. God, angels. Oh, yeah. All that. Um and I don't know if you are kind of reading it, but she a lot of these books are probably created prior to things like Amazon and ebooks. So she created, you know, like real books. Yeah. So this was before kind of like this was when the gatekeepers were still active. Yeah. When when you couldn't just kind of throw a book out to the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. I do wonder though. So she did live, you said she was born back in the 30s. Did she foresee Amazon being as big as it is? And did she buy any of the stock when it was like $5 a piece? Did she Did uh, she get on on that? No, I don't think so. She doesn't, I, I didn't hear her bring, didn't talk about that. You didn't hear her talk about how she has billions of dollars in the bank now? I mean, she has probably millions, but not from foreseeing stocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, if I if I had any psychic ability, that's what I would kind of the ability to foresee when a company's going to blow the fuck up, you know, seeing seeing that kind of sh- like shit in the future would be great, honestly. Well, we'll see by the end of the, this episode if you feel like there might be a reason why she can't foresee stocks. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> but we'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah. Now. In Sylvie's biography, uh, she claims to have earned a graduate degree in English, after which she went on to be a teacher at a Catholic school for the following 18 years after she graduated college. Now, while she was working on teacher, allegedly, this is when she kind of, you know, chiseled away. She's honing her skills. She's learning how to perfect being a trans medium and a hypnotist. Now, while this sounds all well and good, one source claims that they actually went ahead and did a deep search for, like, records of her attending college and stuff, and 
apparently the only information they could find transcripts stating that uh, she did not finish college. So I don't even. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she was a Catholic school teacher. She definitely worked on her psychic stuff, but the Catholic school stuff, I have no idea. It sounds like she didn't even finish college. So I will say that from I I knew someone who actually did teach at a private school. Uh, so private schools are different than Catholic schools. Obviously, when you're talking about like a, a or private schools are different from public schools. So like Catholic schools, when you think about like all those nuns who taught at Catholic schools, none of them had teaching degrees. No. A lot of them probably didn't even have high school degree. You don't really <laughs> need that shit to teach at a Catholic school. You just teach what they want to teach and you do a good enough job to keep your job. And it's good. You're good. It's all good. Especially so since this just is bring up Jesus a couple of times a day and you're gravy. That's 10 years right there. Especially since this is like 50s into 60s. So, you know, yeah. they didn't really ask for credentials. Oh, I mean, if you have a good right cross or you're really good at fucking like slapping a kid's hand when they're bad, that's all you need really back then. It's all about the corporal punishment. They can't (laughs) teach that at a fucking university. You know, that comes from just hate. Here, they'll be like, here's the interview questions. Okay, Sylvia, when a child masturbates, what happens to them? Burns in hell. Okay, I, you know what? She nailed it. I don't, we don't got any more questions. You're hired, Sylvia. Now, at some point, you know, once she kind of honed her skills, Sylvia decided she's going to go ahead and start using her talents to give people psychic readings. It all started, you know, with just family and friends, maybe friends of the family, things like that, you know, keeping it small. She was just offering them guidance on things, whatever they were looking for. Uh, According to some of her friends, when she did did these readings, um, something that might be a little interesting is... She was very careful to tailor whatever the reading was and kind of incorporate whatever religion that particular person believed in, right? So make yeah. it a little more believable. Um, you know, maybe that's just good uh, uh, psychic people thing. I don't know. Some people might think it's a little sketchy. Now, at first, when she was doing these for the family and friends and whatnot, she wasn't charging anything. She was just doing it out of the kindness of her heart. But in 1964, she moved out to California. We know what happens, you know, to California. Uh, She decided she's going to go ahead and go public with her fortune telling. And at this point, she wasn't charging people, but she was accepting, quote unquote, donations. Okay, so this is still out of the kindness of her heart. If you want to give donations, that's on you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Building the business. There you go. It's, uh, yeah, making it work. And... Like she were saying that she was doing this kind of like seventies and eighties. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is sixties right now. Sixties right now. Okay. Good. So the sixties was kind of the big kind of like spiritual awakening. The big cultural kind of shit was going on. So it's like a perfect time to start doing this. I was gonna say if it's seventies and eighties, she missed out on the boat a little bit. She could have hit the you know the religion in the eighties, but seventies it was kind of dying out pretty. You know. Oh. People were getting real big into Coke. You got to remember, 60s, this is just her, this is just her infancy of the um, psychic stuff. This is going to be her life from here till, till, you know, present day. This is just the, this is just her just starting. This is 
pretty, uh, what would you call, innocent times here. This is what I would call it, very innocent times uh, for Sylvia. Before the ad rev, when they were just kind of purists, kind of like the podcast game. (laughs) You know, in the 60s in California, you think she would use this to find, you know, the 9 million fucking serial killers that were active in California at the time. Um, But I guess she wasn't that powerful. Oh, definitely. Not only that, I mean, right now, it's obviously a dangerous time to be living. But I mean, moving to California back then in the 60s, you know, kind of meeting all these new people. You'd have to be definitely worried about like meeting up with one of those psychos. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, maybe Sylvia could forewarn him: do not get in the car with, or do not hitchhike and get in the car with the strange man. But uh, do not get, do not hitchhike ever at all. Yeah, <laughs> watch out, Dick Cheney's out there. Do not get in the car with Dick Cheney. <laughs> all right. Now, with Sylvia, one of her greatest attributes, and I think this is very important how she kind of got to where she is, is she's known for being an extremely charismatic person. Okay. So when she's doing her psychic readings, she just is continuously drawing in more and more people. She's captivating them. Uh, she, she basically continues doing all her psychic readings all the way into 1974. This is when she starts something known as the Nirvana foundation. Now it sounds like this is kind of a, business. I don't know if it's a business for like multiple psychics, but it was $20 a reading here. So for 1974, pretty good chunk of change. Yep, definitely. It's, I mean, it sounds like she's a student of the game, really. She's honing her skills, kind of building, she's building a network, you know, kind of like customer base, getting better at like her talking, her charisma. It's, it's kind of what you want to do if you want to be, you know, big time. Nowadays, we have a lot of like TV show psychics, you know, maybe maybe that fad has kind of died like, you know, like West Coast medium or, you know, <laughs> housewife medium, that kind of shit. But or dog mediums. That was big for a minute. Ooh. But well, she pet mediums. She she will let you know about your dead animals. I I do know that for certain. So maybe she was ahead of the game. OK. Yeah. Now. When in the late seventies, this is kind of when she started to dip her feet into the into television, more or less. Um, her apparently her very first television appearance was on a History Channel show. I couldn't remember the name of it, but in it she was in a haunted house and she was kind of act. They said she was an exorcist, but she was more like the Lorraine Warren like medium kind of feeling the ghosts out telling you what the ghosts are thinking and all of that shit um and then kind of after this she would go on little random local talk shows nothing too big but you know maybe some shit channel that only the locals get she might go on there and just yak about uh heaven and whatever else comes to mind now i gotta say when she went into these haunted houses did she try to pull a zach baggins at all (laughs) <laughs> where she tried to intimidate and taunt the ghosts into showing themselves, you know. Un- Come on, you cowards. And then when there's a creak in the floor, they all run out of the fucking house. Uh, she seemed a little bit more stoic than that. I think she might need a focus to convince everybody yeah. that she's... Have you watched the, like, Lorraine Warren thing? Yes, I have watched uh, some of her... When... when uh when they would go into the house and kind yeah. of, you know, that was like the early days of doing that on television, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She kind of just like, 
oh, there's a bearded man named Abe, and he's really mad. He's forever constipated. He's really angry. You know, stuff like that. So didn't they pop up in one of the Annabelle movies? Was that? Yeah. Annabelle, Am I thinking of the right people? Annabelle's their thing. Oh, yeah. Annabelle's their thing. OK. Yep. I know exactly who you're talking. Yep. Yeah. They Annabelle's are fucking raggedy Ann or Andy doll that they say a demon is inhabiting. Yeah. I like how when you see like what the real one looks like compared to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, holy shit. Production value. You know, really boosted that up. But yeah, that doll has been their cash cow. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speak about having a fucking retirement plan. Good <laughs> lord. All right. So you said she's playing the game, right? She's she's getting better yep. at the game. Well, let me tell you her next escalation in the game, Phil. Well, in 1986, Sylvia Brown decided to start her very own Gnostic Christian cult, which this is is a mixture of Catholic and New Age beliefs, kind of just sandwiching them together there. Sylvia would name the organization Society of Nova Spiritus. It was founded in Campbell, California. One of the leading reasons, apparently, Sylvia started said religious group was because she had had visions of heaven and angels she said when she saw heaven, it was absolutely amazing. And it, it was constantly at a perfect 78 degrees Fahrenheit. No AC, no heater. It's always 78 degrees. Oh, it's always perfect out. Yeah. yeah just yeah. just room temperature, but just a little slightly warmer. So you never need a blanket. Right. Yeah. Right. So you see what I said? She's escalating here, kind of playing the game a little bit. You know where this would have worked? What? Either where I live or where you Because you you could sell that to people who live in a fucking blizzard for eight months out of the year. A nonstop <laughs> fucking hell snow. Or people for eight months out of the year live in just the sun hell valley that I live in. So Yeah, doesn't 78 degrees sound like heaven, Phil? Oh, definitely, yeah. It's amazing so many people from California here, considering it's so fucking hot. But it's the money thing. It's yeah. so, so fucking expensive out yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is where, with this here, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about her religious organization, but it was kind of when she first started this that she got into, let's just say, a little trouble. Um, now, it's kind of hard to understand what exactly was happening, but it seems like with the Nirvana Foundation and the Society of Nova Spiritus, Sylvia and her then-husband, Mr. Brown, um, they were getting themselves into a little bit of legal trouble because they were abusing, I believe, both of their tax-exempt statuses that comes with these sort of uh, religious things. And they had some sort of a... I didn't really understand it, but it was basically she was taking out a whole bunch of loans, not paying them back, and then she was also forging tax records to make it look like they had a lot of money to get even larger loans that she was then not paying back. Uh, the the FBI was actually like investigating them, but they couldn't put together enough evidence. So Sylvia and her husband basically got a one-year probation and 200 hours of community service. So this is really the only legal trouble Sylvia ever gets into. 
But um, if you ever wonder why Phil and I maybe are against the tax-exempt status for religious groups. <laughs> this is why. This is one of the reasons here. I've said it a few times. If it wasn't for the donations and the tax-exempt status, they might as well be just making hamburgers. You know, yeah. There's no reason to start a religion unless you know, you're getting all of these perks. You know, you're selling an invisible product. You know, it's one of the easiest things. Oh, you got to have faith. You know, you give people what you want, but you don't have to have the overhead of, you know, fucking making the hamburgers and buying the buns and having the ketchup. You know, you just have a place to do your little fucking religious thing and have your services and you're all good. So, yeah, honestly, starting a church, though, if you read those tax, those like the tax codes, starting your own church is basically all paperwork after you. I think you just need a place to worship and you need like a congregation of people and that's it. Like there's only like two or three things. Uh, that was all from uh, last weekend with uh, John Oliver. I oh, believe he was okay. talking about that. So when you and I inevitably get big enough, we're definitely buying a building. We're starting the yep. Church of Subliminal Deception. <laughs> Um, there will be no worshiping. We'll just, we're just going to have fun. Yeah, definitely. We basically, we all just sit in a group, talk about conspiracy theories, but people who talk a little too much, we might have to give them the fuck out of them. Yeah. Like, all right, all right, dude, get out of here. Lots of Xbox, um, probably some drinks, probably really bad movies playing constantly. Oh God, it's going to be terrible. We're going to have to find ones that both you and I. Which are gonna be no one else on earth is gonna like them. Hey, that's a good mix of horror and sci-fi. Jason goes to space. That Jason, one. yeah, Jason is <laughs> playing on Jason, a loop. Jason X, excellent movie. I will say, did they plead for the one-year probation in two hundred hours, or were they? Did they go to trial and everything? Did I find out. I that? don't. I did not find out. It sounded like that was basically what their punishment amounted to. And I would, I didn't say, but I guarantee her 200 hours of community service was basically spent giving free psychic readings or something. Oh, guaranteed she was able to sign her own fucking community service since she's like some sort of, you know, priest or chaplain of this church. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I know she also said that her husband kind of forced her to do all this, but also there was a little bit of evidence that she loved to live a little bit of a um, luxurious life as well. So there's oh, definitely, that. Yeah. yeah. It, that comes with the territory of psychic, like founder of a church. You're going to, yeah, you're going to have a little bit kind of like the Alamos. Yeah. <laughs> Without the psychic, they weren't really ever claimed to be psychic, but definitely the super spiritual uh, shysters. It's funny because it almost seems like, so she had this psychic group or business, started this religion, and the religion is going to kind of go in the background. It's just like a passive income. That's not her main focus on getting money, as we'll find out here. We're going to start getting more and more into what actually people know her for. This is just a little bit of extra stuff that she did. But um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about this Society of Nova Spiritus because it does still exist. It has a website. I went to the website and I was kind of reading about the mission statements and all of that stuff. So this is on the website. It says Sylvia kind of created this religion for these type of people. 
Okay, this is what they list. Those okay. wishing to accelerate the perfection of their soul. Those who need expanded dimension to their faith. Those who find no reasonable explanation of God or life. Those who are confused by traditional religion and need more than faith alone in their search for God. This is also a um, big quote on the website. I kind of loved it. Sylvia's monument to God with no fear, no guilt, no sin, no hell, and no Satan. That's like the mission so really, statement. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so really, this is kind of like eating your dinner, but you don't have to eat the peas or the broccoli or, you know, anything. You just get the dessert. You just so get, you're getting yeah. all the best stuff from religion. You're finding people basically disenchanted with their own religion and you can come to church you can come to this church and there's no fucking you know you don't get any of the bad stuff none of the guilt none of the fucking you know i wonder if there's even not like the ladies there who kind of talk shit about everyone else's like clothing that they wear <laughs> to the church they don't even allow them i don't know but technically phil we um th this church is like, allegedly meant for us yeah, they well, they're trying to find people or they turn into it sounds like. Yeah, they're finding people kind of in the in between between, you know, when they're kind of in that moment where they just realize it's all shit. But <laughs> they're in the moment, though, in that moment, you don't realize that maybe the whole belief in God is full of shit. You think that you're like institution, the religion you're in, the church you go to, the priest you listen to. You think that's all full of shit. That's before you realize the whole thing's full of shit. It's just a money grab, basically. Well, they're clearly trying to get the cast-offs. Yes. You're trying to catch them before they go full fucking, you know, full rebel, basically. Yeah, yeah. full full Phil and Cody. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Now, okay, let's say you heard the... You're like, this sounds awesome, uh, kind of like Phil said, this church sounds awesome. Now, if you wish to join, they have three locations currently. Uh, Campbell, Minnesota, or Campbell, California even. Taylor, Michigan. And Las Vegas, Nevada. It kind of looked like you could send them a check for $25. And that's how you join. Uh, services they offer here. that um, You can get spiritual counseling. Dream analysis, you can request a prayer chain. I don't even think you got to be a member. They just had a button you can request a prayer chain. Um, they have a nice little bookstore that includes an eight-book series called Journey for the Soul and much more. Um, in an interview done in 2011, I think it was the business manager or something for her, um, said the church was netting them about $3 million a year. Do they still have the taxism status? I would assume so. Good for them. Holy shit. I was so I was going to say $25 a year. Like I want $5 a year like from like now from like back in the 90s if that's how much it costed. Cuz I mean she was doing $20 per reading. So you would think by now that price would go up a little bit. I will I will ask this though. How did the website look? Was it uh, a little HTML-y or no, was it kind of like current? It was pretty current. Pretty current? Okay. Well, I mean, they're making $3 million a year. They can pay a kid to do the website. A lot of those churches, though, they will find a kid in their congregation who's good with that shit, 
and kind of, you know, con them into doing that. <laughs> You're our so. accountant now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Exactly. No. Holy that- shit. Look at those Excel spreadsheet skills. You're our accountant now. No, Get to work. the $25 is on the website right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, compared to $20 a reading, that's pretty cheap. Interesting locations. Campbell, California, obviously. Taylor, Michigan, never heard of it. Las Vegas, Nevada. Now that's where some people are looking for Jesus. Yeah. After they yeah. blow their mortgage on the fucking slots. Yeah. You, you broke now. Come on down. We got something just perfect for you. Your last $25. Come on in. Find <laughs> some Jesus. <laughs> you know, you're fucked up <laughs> now. Okay. So we got the, we got the, the religious group and everything. She's kind of been on TV, um, all through, you know, basically I'd say the next 10 ish year. She's kind of like popping up on TV just a little bit. And her popularity is growing, growing, growing. And eventually, she ends up becoming a regular on shows like the Larry, uh, Larry King Live, the Montel Williams Show. That's incredible. And Coast to Coast Sam. She, her very first appearance on uh, Montel was in 1991. So it took okay. a while for her to get there. Uh, on the show, like I said, she does performances she gives readings for for people, and I have a compiled a few little clips that I thought were pretty good that I think we should uh, go ahead and listen to, just so the audience gets an idea. And I think Phil, once you hear her voice, you're gonna be like, "Oh, I know her." Okay, I will say before we start, Coast to Coast AM, uh, a great show. She's kind of tailor made for, from what it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. They love the weird fringe shit, so she's just made for this. Definitely. And I believe it's a call-in show, too. I think she was an in-studio guest, I think. No, no, what I mean is people could call in and talk to her. Right, right, absolutely. So she can fucking, you know, put her craft out there to work for her. Well, I can't wait for you guys to hear a little bit of her craft here. Here we go. Hi, Sylvia. Um, I was just wondering if I had any past lives and what they were. Um, yeah, you've had, um, uh, 37 past lives, and, uh, your last life was, um, in Jerusalem, and it was about 100 years ago, and you were, um, a rabbi. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir, you had a question for Sylvia. Hey, Sylvia, it's really great to meet you. Um, Thank you. Welcome. My grandmother passed away five years ago, and I was really close with her. I just want to know if she's around me at all, if she's watching over me. Yeah, she creates a tapping noise. In my house? Yeah. She'll create a tapping noise. Um, She also, which is not that common, but common enough, she sends birds around you. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) that was the end right yes Uh, let's dissect this okay so all right how okay do you first off do you recognize her voice uh i don't recognize her voice i recognize what she was doing but i don't you know i uh i I thought in my head she sounded more uh like the chick that i remember sounded younger uh not such a gruff voice you know (laughs) Um, okay. She so, definitely has a 60 year old man 
who smokes. His you know, she she is right? a, apparently she's a lifelong smoker. Yeah, I would say definitely like uh, at least two packs a day. Okay, That's, so uh, so are you saying you don't believe that that girl um, is a rabbi in her past life? No, I would not. <laughs> uh, that was a, I mean, it was um, she. Ooh, maybe she wasn't as game as she was in her younger years. Cause that sounds like she was in older, but no, that wasn't uh, you could tell, you could hear in the, the lady's voice who heard, you know, that she was talking to that said like 37 past lives. The last time you were a rabbi in Jerusalem, um, that was definitely not, uh, she was disappointed <laughs> in that. That one didn't work. That's not a return customer. Let's say when she just says, okay, thank you. Like that, that wasn't good. Uh, the one with the, um, Oh, you will know because you will hear tapping and you will hear birds or you will see birds. It's like, okay. So now anytime you hear tapping in your house or bird, which could be the pipes or birds, which are birds, you're going to think, Oh, the, the psychic told me and it's my grandma. Oh, yeah. you know, that's, it's a self-fulfilling <laughs> thing. Anytime you see birds, grandma, anytime you hear tapping, Grandma. grandma you know definitely well it's, it would have been better if he would have asked like my grandma just passed away five years ago and i was wondering what color was her eyes were her eyes blue brown green hazel you know what i mean just ask her something like that just ask her questions about her grandma you know um the funny thing is if you see the kid's face with the grandma one she's like oh you hear tapping and he's like in my house like he looks confused and he said it himself. Like, you'll hear tapping. <gasps> like, in my house? Like, the tapping I hear from the old pipes in my house? Like, yeah, yeah in your house. Like, he said it himself. It's really, I mean, it's, that's kind of cold reading, basic, like, 101. You know, she was cold reading him. And yeah. in the cold read, he gave her a lot of that information right away. Grandma died five years ago, you know. And then when she said, you'll hear tapping. Oh, you mean, like, in my house? She's like... Yeah, like the <laughs> tapping because he hears tapping sometimes. Now he already is thinking, oh, that's, uh, you know, so he's basically talking himself into believing it. And then she says the thing about birds. That's another thing that now he's going to be like, oh, I see birds, grandma, you know? Yeah, like. yeah. So she's pretty good at her craft. She even said when she was saying it, now this is, and a lot of people see these things, but birds, you know, when you see birds, that's your grandma. Like she even kind of, you know, gave it a little bit. So it's like, I know you're going to think it's bullshit, but when it's birds, <laughs> it's grandma, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's good. Definitely. The second one, she was better with that. Uh, maybe she had to warm up a little bit. Cause you heard a lot of, um, with the Jerusalem one, she's like, um, you know, you've had, um, I don't know, fucking, uh, 37 past lives. And the last one you lived in, let's see, you look a little religious. So Jerusalem? Yeah. Uh, you were a rabbi in Jerusalem, which, I mean, rabbi in Jerusalem 100 years ago, that was when it was Palestine. So maybe there's some significance there. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if that's part of her kind of usual, you know, talking about Jerusalem before like 1945, but, you know. I don't think she's that deep, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. There's not, there's not that many layers. Yeah. To the game. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about, um, some more of her predictions here. Now, 
for the audience at home and Phil, I'm I'm sorry if this next part's a little cringe inducing. Um, but we gotta get through it because it's uh it's it's a part of Sylvia. Now over the years, Sylvia Brown, we don't want to just bring her down. She does get some credit. She did get a few things right when it comes to predictions and stuff like that. Um, but she also got some very, very wrong, as we're about to find out. A lot of desperate people request Sylvia's aid when it comes to, you know, the death of loved ones, missing children, missing family members, things like that. Things people want answers to that they can't get. Now, Sylvia, when it came to this practice, she's a little bit predatory. Apparently, people call this the second predator sometimes when a psychic Mm -hmm. gives people hope or answers or stuff like this. So we'll start off with the case of Opal Joe Jennings. In 1999, Opal had been snatched from the front yard of her grandparents. A man literally pulled up, grabbed Opal, threw her in the trunk or truck, punched her in the head, and then drove off. Um, Well, Opal's grandma came onto the Monto Williams show to request Sylvia's help and trying to locate where the hell is Opal. Um, Sylvia, you know, she basically asked her, is Opal alive? Where is she? You know, stuff like that. Sylvia told her, this is her exact quote, she's not dead. But what bothers me, now I've never heard of this before, but she had, she was taken and put into some kind of slavery thing and taken to Japan, the place called Kukuru. Um, There's a moment of silence in the crowd. Then Sylvia says again, so she was taken and put on some kind of boat or, or a plane and taken into white slavery. So, you know, obviously grandma um, maybe feels a sense of release from this, that knowing that maybe Opal's still alive, stuff like that. Well, not too long after this episode air, the body of Opal, Opal Joe Jennings was actually found buried in Fort Worth, Texas. And a local man named Richard Lee Franks was actually the culprit who kidnapped her, killed her, and he was ultimately convicted so you can see she does not have any problem firing from the hip oh yeah it's i mean it's a tough well first of all i mean it's just the most horrible fucking thing that you know parents are you can imagine uh i don't know i'm you didn't quite say how old opal was but just anyone being snatched you know and the grandparents you know having to putting their faith into a person like Sylvia. And then, you know, Sylvia is just up there playing the game and kind of not really caring. Uh, she also comes up with like, if everyone's in their mind is thinking, Oh God, this is like the worst thing that could possibly happen. The the audience. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is the worst thing that possibly happen, possibly happen. And then not only does she give the grandma hope, she also kind of taps into another fear. And that is kind of, you know, a family member or a child kind of being, you know, taken and put into a horrible situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, so it's, it just to kind of shoot from the hip like that. It's, it's very irresponsible. Oh, you know? absolutely. She, uh, as you can imagine, she, she gets a lot of flack for that. Yeah. Does, I mean, it's, you said it was a short time. Uh, where was Opal taken from? Oh, her her grandparents' home. 
she was literally sitting in the front yard of her grandparents' home, and some dude, or I guess Richard Lee Franks, drove up and just snatched her and drove off, pretty much. Oh, was that in Texas also? Yeah, that was in Texas. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It was in uh, same town. It was a local guy. I, I don't know if he... Yeah, clearly a sick fuck. I don't know if he'd been watching him or something, but uh, yeah, she basically said she'd been taken to Japan and instead it was, you know, this guy who kidnapped her. Well, she did come up during the war, so maybe she still had a <laughs> hatred for Japanese, Japanese people. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> possibly. I don't know. Um, let me let, let's I got a few more examples here for you. They're not quite as grim as that one, but uh, but they're still okay. very bad. On October 6, 2002, the parents of 11 year old Sean Hornbeck had gone to Sylvia to request help finding Sean. Sean had disappeared after riding his bike to his friend's house in Missouri. He was simply just supposed to ride his bike over to his friend's house and he just up and vanished. So the parents went to Sylvia and asked, hey, is Sean still alive? Sylvia plainly tells them no, and she's seeing his body buried beneath two jagged boulders. That's where she's seeing him. He's not alive anymore. About okay. four years after that prediction was given to the parents, Sean Hornbeck was found alive and well. He was still living with his alleged abductor, Michael Delvin, um, Devlin, I should say, in Kirkwood, uh, Missouri. So he was obviously not in a good predicament, but he was not dead. Uh, Sylvia, they asked her to do an interview to try to explain herself, and she refused to go on camera or talk about this particular prediction. Yeah, it's, I mean, you said this was, looks like it was about years after the bad prediction about Opal. So maybe she's just kind of betting on like hedging her bets on dead and then kind of making some vague kind of like, Oh, buried beneath two boulders or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just as bad because obviously, I mean, you know, telling, doing this kind of bullshit, let's just call it that. Yeah. Doing this stuff is bad in itself, but in this situation, you're basically killing any hope of finding their child and the child was still alive. Yeah. yeah. So if they took her seriously, they might give up hope finding him alive and just start looking for jagged rocks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm guessing the cops didn't take her serious, but uh, the parents probably certainly did. Oh yeah. And I mean, this is shit. We talked about serial killers back in the sixties and this is exactly why like kids are not allowed to walk themselves to school anymore. If you yeah. don't have a child like picked up from school, like they will not let them leave. That's this is the kind of shit that is. I mean, it was horrible back then. I mean, they oh, didn't realize yeah. it for it took like 30 years for people to realize this was going on. But nowadays, whenever you see the Amber, it seems to always be like an estranged like the mother or father who is, you know, forced out of custody. That's usually the person who takes them yeah. nowadays. Yeah. But and they someone usually, super close to the situation. And they get caught like extremely fast. I don't know. Every, oh, yeah. Amber Amber alerts are great. Absolutely. For, you know, that shit. Absolutely. Well, let me give you one more example of Sylvia's predictions gone wrong here. Now, there was a woman by the name of Luana Miller 
and she made an appearance on Montel Williams in 2004. Luana went on the show to ask Sylvia about the disappearance of her daughter Amanda Barry, who had gone missing in Cleveland. Sylvia told Luana, She's not alive, honey. Your daughter's not the kind who wouldn't call. Oof. Now, in 2013, about, you know, nine years later, Amanda Berry escaped after being held captive by Ariel Castro for 10 years as a sex slave. Once again, Sylvia refused to answer for her incorrect readings. I don't know if you know Ariel Castro. I know that. Yeah, the yeah. story. That was yeah. fucking huge when that happened. Yes, it was. Yeah. Because I think he had like four girls, maybe captive or three or four, something like that. Yeah. Um, so let me give you this stat that's going to blow your mind. Okay. In 2010, researchers actually compiled a list of all of Sylvia Brown's readings that were in pertaining to criminal cases, missing people, dead people, all that out of 115 dead or missing person cases, she got exactly zero correct. Yeah. It sounds like the, uh, the correct stat for most psychic. Yeah. It's not quite like what you see on TV where they're usually right. Right. Or kind of right. It's usually they are completely wrong or pretty much completely wrong. Right. Yeah. I, but. some people, there are some psychics who have definitely helped with cases. I, I, you know, they're, they've had shows about it. Sylvia though, clearly she should not be giving advice on yeah. any of this. Not only because it's immoral, but just because it's not good for her, her fucking like her, her game, her stats are terrible in this area. She should definitely stop though. When someone asks you a question and the worst thing that a person like this can say is, I don't know. That's horrible. That's the worst thing. You got to say something. Right. The thing is, is that even yeah. though all of this happened, never slowed her down. Yep. Fucking literal, little red light is on. It's fucking game time. Yeah. And it's funny because Montel, um, he, he's on record that he, he's like, he's, he takes Sylvia's side and everything. So... I guess I'm sure he I remember Montel a little bit. He had all sorts of crazy fucking people on there. But um, but yeah, it's, I mean, if if he doesn't take her side, then he's an asshole. That's the thing. True. If he goes, yeah, if if Montel goes, yeah, I knew she was full time. Then he looks like a fucking asshole for having him on and allowing for her to fucking make these predictions on his platform. Right. I bet yeah. I bet her on her episodes were probably some of the most popular on his show. Oh yeah. People, people love psychic. I kind I kind of do too. It's the hope. I honestly watched a lot more than I needed to of her on his show just because I was a bit fascinated. Yeah. Especially like when I was home for the summer, home from school and you know, we lived out in the country, not much to do television. Those were always the best episodes. Or when they would make like predictions about the future. Because we were all into, you know, kind of like future shit. You know, we would always kind of talk about like what we thought it would be exactly like Back to the Future 2. What's the future? So it's kind of fun to always hear like the psychic people. So, well, you inadvertently had the perfect uh, crossover to our next section here, Phil. <laughs> Segway King. Yes. Let's hit it. Uh, we're going into her prophecies. She's had a lot of prophecies. Um, I'm going to be playing audio 
from a prophecy she had where, let's just say she nailed it. You ready to hear it? Yeah. Here we go. How about Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold is getting ready for a political career. Whether it's mayor, whether it's um, um, being going for the Senate or something, but he's gearing up for a political career. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, to clean house. Arnold Schwarzenegger did gear up for a political career and on November 17th, 2003, became California's 38th governor. There we go. She nailed it. Arnie as a yeah. governor. Yeah, I mean, it. It's it's some good foresight. The thing is, so he married Maria Shriver. I just Googled. He married Maria Shriver in uh, 1986. She's a member of the Kennedy family. And there were people talking about him, you know, wanting to start up like a political career and wanting to actually get the laws changed so that a uh, foreign born you know, American citizen could get like the presidency could become president. So I will say, I mean, he did become governor. He did have a political career, but maybe a little, maybe she heard something, you know, in the dirt sheets. So I think she, I think that one was made in 91 or two. Yeah. I can see the, the date you have right next to it. 92. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, now, we're going to go through a few of our other predictions here. This next one was actually brought to light by a uh, unexpected source. It was actually Kim Kardashian who brought this okay. to light because she had read her book. Now, in 2008, she wrote the book, End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies about the End of the World. Now, this is pretty interesting that Sylvia wrote this in this book, okay? It goes as follows. This is the exact thing that was written in the book. In around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later, and then disappear completely. Now, this sounds a hell of a lot like coronavirus that obviously rocked the world in 2020 or in the beginning of 2020 and this is kind of where kim kardashian had like posted this on her twitter or something that she was reading yep. this book and she saw this excerpt and then obviously we all know what happened during uh covid19 so lucky guess i don't know but it's kind of weird it is a five-star fucking guess if you know it's i mean that's pretty good uh, and the whole like coming back 10 years later, that's kind of like if you think about like the plague, the plague did that kind of shit, too. It go it it hit really hard. Then it goes away. Then it comes back. You know, maybe covid will make a comeback in 10 years. I mean, I don't know if Fauci's labs are still going to be open so they can put out <laughs> more variants. But it is one of those things where it's like, we'll see, you know, if 2030, if a new variant comes out, then maybe. I uh I don't know like the it must be making it cycle through Minnesota again um because there's been like three people I know have had it but it's like the whatever the super mild one you know I don't know what they call them now but it's yeah, like it's uh, just the cold mixed with the flu mixed with the shits and it hits yeah. you for about seven days yeah, yeah my my coworker said she did not feel very great all of last <laughs> week so um, but obviously she. I was like, do you have any long COVID things? And she's like, no. So 
Uh, she seemed to be much better this week. But, you know, it just kind of like keeps going in a circle around the world. Maybe in 10 years, maybe a, the strong variant will come back again or something. I don't know. But we got to say, pretty good, Sylvie. 12 years before it happened, not bad. Now, uh, let's talk about some that aren't so good, okay? In 2004, Sylvia Brown was kind of feeling, you know, the current political, geopolitical climate following the attacks of 9-11 and obviously the wars that followed. She predicted that the hunt for Osama bin Laden was, was futile because she had seen it. Osama bin Laden was already dead, so... No sense looking for him. Obviously, uh, I mean, if you believe that um, he wasn't already dead when they infiltrated the place, then clearly he was alive. I don't. When did they get him? Two thousand eight, right or nine? Two thousand nine or ten, around there. Um, I remember. God, was up. Ooh, maybe I was in New Mexico. So yeah, it would have been around that time. Um, I will say there are some people who think that it is a conspiracy that Osama bin Laden wasn't uh, actually there and that they kind of just grabbed one of the bodies and, you know, dumped it in the ocean and claimed yeah. that it was Osama bin Laden. Basically, they used um, there is a picture of it that leaked out, I do believe. Um, basically, they used the method of lying down next to the dead body to get the height. And they said it was a very tall man. So, um, uh, that's, but we did say she's what one fifteen out of, or she's zero for one fifteen out of missing persons, persons cases. So that's not her game. Maybe it's big predictions like this. Maybe it's the macro shit that she needs to focus on. It seems like what she got right was mostly, um, like people's dead relatives or like what they look like or like people's partners or something like that. That was and like, that's all, that's all cold reading. You can cold read that um, just by looking at people's expressions. You know, you can kind of get a feel for how, if you're more correct, like hot or cold, like you can see people's expressions and realize like, are you on the right track? So that's like an easy true. thing to do. Anyone can learn to do that. Very true, Phil. I didn't, uh, didn't consider that. Now, uh, let's move to another prediction she made in 2004. And this one I'm kind of sad about, honestly. Um, She predicted that in the year 2015, aliens are finally going to make their presence known to humanity. And a whole collection of aliens are going to land in a singular ship. I don't think that happened. Um, Right? I didn't miss that, did I? No, I don't think that happened. I mean, it's... So, I mean... Maybe the government, you know, maybe the government hid it from us <laughs> or something like that. But uh, she kind of makes it seem like it's going to be a, a mass event. Like they're going to land somewhere where everyone can kind of see them situation. So better not land in uh, Texas. That's all I'll say. Oh, God, they'll get shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Or Pittsburgh. They'll get <laughs> fucked and eaten. <laughs> In that order. Uh, (laughs) Now, in 2000, uh, I'm going to kind of throw a whole bunch. We're kind of shotgunning these ones. Um, She she had quite a few different predictions. She predicted that American Airlines was going to merge with Alaska Airlines. Didn't happen. Uh, Internet porn was going to become heavily regulated. 
Definitely, definitely, definitely did not happen. A uh, 5.3 magnitude earthquake was going to rock Los Angeles. Did not happen. David Letterman was going to retire from the late show in 2001. He did retire, but many years after that. Yep. The one thing she was right about, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were going to get married. So she got that one right. She's good with celebrities. Yeah. Were they dating at the time, though? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Yeah. When she made, I mean, if you make that prediction about if two celebrities are dating, pretty good chance they're going to get married. It's probably their fucking, you know, their, their crew basically puts them together, like their managers and, you know, people like that. So, I mean, it might not even be their choice if they get married, really. (laughs) The only thing I I know about Brad Pitt is him cheating on Jennifer Aniston with, uh, Angelina Jolie, that's her fucking name. That's who she uh, cheated on her with. Or he cheated on Jennifer Aniston with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, uh, I remember that uh, breakup. It was pretty uh, pretty big in the press. I'm pretty sure that Brad Pitt leaked it out, that Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston was a sleep eater and that she would get up in the middle of the night and raid the fridge. So, which, I mean, that's a, a medical thing. That's nothing to, you know, joke about. But it's one of those things that kind of came out. Uh, that was a very big breakup. I will say, God, what, 5.3 magnitude earthquake would rock Los Angeles. That's like betting black every time. I, you know, it's going to happen eventually kind of deal. True. Um, unless true. she unless she says specific, like, date or time frame. Like, in 2006, there's going to be a 5.3 during the summer you know um internet porn uh obviously not heavily regulated exploded if anything and american airlines merging with alaska we actually did look it up and it's alaska and virgin that uh, actually merged so together do we give her partial credit for that i mean <laughs> it's a good business sense to know that eventually the little airlines are all gonna start gobbled up um, you know, the, the market for the smaller airlines definitely went away. Um, internet porn, heavily regulated. That was a coin flip. Yes or no. Uh, 5.3 magnitude. That's like I said, always bet on black and eventually it's going to hit black. David Letterman. She got that one completely fucking wrong. And Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Um, she gets credit for that one, but you know, if she read that they were dating, Maybe it was just going to happen. So I, I got one of those deals. Just so you know, this these are probably five of 30 to 40 predictions that she made publicly in 2000. I wonder, yeah, I do wonder if she shopped a lot of other predictions like on a smaller level to see like how they went over. I wonder if these were like the big ones that she decided like, oh, these ones get a lot of pull. We're going to talk about porn. We're going to talk about big business. David Letterman, you know, and Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, which was probably like a huge couple. Back oh, then. yeah. In 2000. Hell, yes, they were. Um, now, kind of uh, lastly here, one prediction that I'm willing to bet Sylvia Brown desperately wished that she had gotten right, right was when she predicted the age at which she was going to die. She said she was going to live to the ripe old age of 88. Well, she would actually die at the age of 77 on November 20th, 2013. She died at, ironically enough, Good Samaritan Hospital in (laughs) San Jose, California. 
Um, they don't list what she died of. It's weird. I don't... Probably a heart problem or something if she was a smoker, but... Um, oh, can- I was going to say cancer. Cancer gets yeah. us all. Yeah, if I guess, you don't die from heart disease, it's the cancer. I yeah. guess she was wheelchair-bound for the last few years of her life, so her health was mm. probably dwindling a little bit. Oh, I could definitely see her health dwindling, considering the sound of her voice in the 90s. Uh, she already sounded like she was well on her way. So, <laughs> And those longtime smokers, even when they're like wheelchair bound and breathing oxygen, they're still smoking. Yeah. They, st- they still pull the mask off to fucking uh, take a toke of the cigarettes. We were, uh, we were, you know, I can say I was probably looking at that crossroads pretty hard at, uh, when I was 30 being like, mm. you know, should I or shouldn't I didn't really want to. Um, but, uh, thankfully I did. Now we just gotta quit vaping. Um, that's my goal within the next few weeks. Just cut it out. I'm starting to, starting to wean down. I don't want to end up like old Sylvia here, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm considering the vape, uh, getting rid of that. But I do remember the day in which I quit smoking. It was actually my, it was, Ooh, God, what year was that? 2000. It was my birthday. Uh, 2017, after Iowa had uh, lost a close one against Penn State, I got shit face drunk. The next day, I decided no more cigarettes. So that was it. Now you just got to do, do the same thing for uh, vaping, Phil. Exactly. Well, vaping doesn't hurt my lungs quite like smoking two packs of cigarettes in a seven-hour span. Does. True. So Very true. That's the reason why I quit smoking. It hurt pretty bad the next I, day. I'm going to tell you what. Nicorette gum does work pretty well. So keep that in mind um okay yeah. now i gotta say this gotta be honest here we'd be remiss if we did not give sylvia brown credit for effectively accomplishing the american dream she got famous she was a millionaire she created a, sec- a successful cult she did what so many people aspire to do even if it is under uh you know not the best of means but I don't really know. I, I'm guessing she probably doesn't have many psychic abilities, but she certainly knows her craft very well. How do you feel about Sylvia? Well, she definitely rode in on a wave of bullshit. Um, yeah, she was uh, she was good. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, accomplished writer, uh, very successful at her craft, cult leader. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, she really took her skill set and she fucking ran with it. You know, you got to give her credit for that. Um, Did she hurt people along the way? Yeah. Yes. I mean, are any of us perfect? No. So, you know, um, I would say that if it wasn't for her telling parents, uh, like if their children were the missing children were like dead or, you know, like where there might be like, oh, your children are alive. They're in Japan. You know, if it wasn't for all of that, the the being wrong 115 times out of 115 times, I would say, like, good person, you know, not bad. It's not like she she started her cult, never had any like sex stuff, never had any, you know, fucking like Kool-Aid moments. Uh, That's really uh, all that she did was kind of give people hope, had some fun predictions and made a little money off of it. So it's, it's the American dream, but it's the bullshit about, you know. Dead kids and uh, it's, stuff. It's the it's the kid stuff. Yeah, it's definitely giving parents the false hope and you know, or taking their hope away when it shouldn't have been. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody loves a TV psychic. Maybe she just shouldn't have, you know, touched that material. But I have a feeling her ego is pretty big, and she couldn't couldn't resist touching that. You know what I mean? Um, and definitely. A, as I said, Christopher, who is now the family psychic, he's kind of trying to fill her shoes now that she's dead. So uh, maybe we'll be seeing him on. I don't even know if they do daytime talk shows anymore, but maybe he'll be on some. <laughs> I'm sure it's internet stuff. Yeah. It, he's probably got a successful YouTube thing or something going on like that. He probably email us asking if we want to interview him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> he'll probably want us to pay 25 bucks to join his church beforehand. True. But. Very true. Well, guys, before we get out of here, I'm just going to say this. If you're bored... Look up Sylvia Brown, Montel, Montel Williams on YouTube. It's it's a fun way to burn a half an hour. I just got to say, watch her in her craft. It's kind of fun. She rapid fires. She's just a boom, 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 boom. So it, it's kind of fun. I will say this was before kind of the TV psychic became a little bit more regulated when they got their TV shows. So a lot of those TV psychics, uh, kind of like the talking to the dead shows, they would actually vet the audience and try to figure out kind of like who they would ask. Uh, apparently another big thing was they had little microphones in the audience to see what people were talking about. Oh, okay. They're letting us in on their dirty little secret then. Yeah. It's kind of one of the big things with the cold reading. Uh, there was an episode of South Park that really touched on this. Uh, that's a okay. really good one. Uh, what was his name? Uh, like Chris Matthews or something like that. The the guy, the guy, the one who became really big talking to the dead, like the first one. I don't know. Maybe John Edwards. John Edwards, maybe. Yeah. Or he, some kind of Edwards. He yeah. was my initial target for this week's episode. Mm. And I, th- I think we'll put him on the back burner because I love psychics. But Sylvia, yeah. I've seen her a million times. I remember her on Montel. I can just like still vision envision watching her. So I was like, you know what? She's fun. Let's see what she's all about. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He would actually be a good like combo episode, like putting him and another person together who kind of has more call for lives. But if you have any kind of ideas for put in with him uh, you can hit us up on our email subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com uh, we love hearing all kind of you know all the support the love and the hate it's all good you know episode ideas those are great too if you really want to you know get a hold of us in an even easier way probably the best thing to do hit us up on our instagram subliminal deception podcast on ig uh i I really enjoy kind of getting just a little messages. You know, if I have time, I'll maybe even get into a long conversation. A lot of times, though, they hit me when I'm busy. So, you know, just kind of little short answers. But I love hearing from you guys. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is dead, but Cody has one that works. Yours is? Uh, Cody Zabob on Instagram. Thank you to everyone who's followed me and sent me messages. I greatly appreciate it. The last thing we ask you guys to do is log into iTunes, leave show five star view. Doesn't particularly matter what you type in the box. Type your favorite sidekick. Hit five stars. Hit submit. We greatly appreciate everyone who's taking time to do that. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. You just hit five stars. Hit submit. You don't type anything. It's very simple. And we greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that for us. Well, guys, I hope you... Maybe you were young enough to enjoy Sylvia Brown. And now you kind of know her full story. And I hope... 
we informed you that uh, she might be not very trusted. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.